You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Amy Morris. Here are the stories we're following today. This morning, we are learning the Palestinian Authority is working with the U.S. on a plan to run Gaza after the fighting ends. Palestinian Prime Minister Mohammed Shtaya spoke with Bloomberg News. He says his preferred outcome would be to include Hamas as a junior partner in a post-war administration. If they are ready to come to ground to an agreement and really uh, accept the political platform of the PLO, accept the tools of struggle, because this is an important point of of difference between us and them, and then there will be a room for talk. Otherwise, it's just simply things will continue to be the same. Prime Minister Mohammed Shtaya also tells Bloomberg he does not believe Hamas can be eradicated by Israel. His comments are at odds with the stated aim of Israel's military campaign to wipe out the militant group following the deadly October 7th terrorist attack. The war in Gaza so far has killed more than 16,000 Palestinians. That's according to the Hamas-run health ministry. Now to major legal news breaking overnight in the U.S. that could be a new political headache for President Biden. The president's son, Hunter, has been indicted on nine new federal tax charges in Los Angeles. That's on top of the federal gun charges he's facing in Delaware. We get more from Bloomberg's David Voriakis. It expands on an earlier agreement in which he would have pleaded guilty in federal court in Delaware and in July and avoided prison. Under this indictment, he could theoretically be sentenced to as much as 17 years in prison. What government alleges is, and I will quote, the defendant spent this money on drugs, escorts and girlfriends, luxury hotels and rental properties, exotic cars, clothing and other items of a personal nature, in short, everything but his taxes. Bloomberg's David Voriakis says these new charges come as House Republicans plan to vote next week on formalizing their impeachment inquiry into President Biden. This latest indictment against Hunter Biden does not offer evidence that the president benefited from or was involved in his son's activities. Elsewhere in the 2024 election, Amy Republican Ron DeSantis's campaign is dealing with more disappointing news. As Bloomberg's Ed Baxter reports, a fundraising event for the Florida governor had to be canceled. About 3,000 donors were invited to a never-back-down Super PAC luncheon to be held before this week's debate. A $10,000 contribution would have given donors access to the lunch, where Casey DeSantis was scheduled to speak, as well as a ticket to the debate itself, and an invite to a post-debate celebration with the governor. Well, just a couple of days prior to the date, Never Back Down decided to cancel. Scott Wagner, who leads the PAC, cited lack of of interest. 
In November, a similar event raised $1 million. Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Radio. All right, thank you, Ed. Elsewhere in politics, more fallout for those Ivy League presidents who struggled to denounce campus anti-Semitism on Capitol Hill this week. The presidents of Harvard and the University of Pennsylvania have issued statements clarifying their positions, but now investment manager Ross Stevens has withdrawn a $100 million donation that he had planned to give to Penn. Those details from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. Stevens is co-founder of Stone Ridge Asset Management, and he had pledged a stake in the firm to the Ivy League University to fund the Stevens Center for Innovation in Finance. According to a letter to university officials, lawyers representing the firm said the school had violated anti-discrimination and anti-harassment policies it had accepted in order to become an investor. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Radio. Okay, Charlie, thank you. Turning to markets, investors are waiting for a critical data point this morning. The November jobs report coming ahead of next week's Fed meeting, their last of 2023. Let's get a preview from Bloomberg's Michael McKee. We should be seeing signs of a slowing economy in the labor market. But economists say not just yet. The consensus forecast is November saw the pace of hiring pick up while unemployment was unchanged. About 30,000 jobs won't be new. They will just reflect the return of auto workers to payrolls after the UAW strike. But hiring in healthcare, leisure and hospitality and government should keep healthy numbers beyond manufacturing. Markets are pricing a lower than anticipated number, however, so strength could lead to higher rates as investors worry the Fed may not yet be done with rate hikes. Michael McKee, Bloomberg Radio. Mike, thank you. Turning overseas, the Japanese yen has surged over the past day. Traders betting the Bank of Japan will scrap the world's last negative interest rate regime sooner than previously thought. The advance sent Japanese stocks and bonds lower. At one point, the yen jumped almost 4% against the dollar. Checking Japanese currency right now, the yen at 144.23 against the dollar. And elsewhere in Asia, Amy, top communist leaders in China are promising to strengthen fiscal policy and boost demand while implementing a flexible and targeted monetary policy. China's state-run news agency reports officials dropped the word forceful, which was included in previous policy. This came at a meeting chaired by Chinese President Xi Jinping. And in corporate news back here in the U.S., the shakeup continues at Spotify. Chief Financial Officer Paul Vogel is departing after we'd already heard Spotify's head of marketing is heading for the exits. The streaming company announced widespread layoffs earlier this week, totaling about 1,500 jobs. And now we're joining us with a look at some of those other stories making news around the world. We bring in Bloomberg's Michael Barr. Good Friday morning, Michael. Good morning to you, Nathan. Gunfire outside a Jewish synagogue in upstate New York is being investigated as a possible hate crime. Police said shots were fired outside Temple Israel in Albany just hours before the start of Hanukkah. The synagogue's preschool was in session and put on lockdown. Nobody was hurt. Very angry and frustrated, Governor Kathy Hochul spoke out last night about the incident. Any act of anti-Semitism is unacceptable and undermining the public safety at our synagogue the first night of Hanukkah is even more deplorable. Authorities took a 28-year-old man in custody for allegedly firing two rounds from a shotgun. Meanwhile, the national menorah on the ellipse by the White House was also lit last night. Since the October 7th start of the Israel-Hamas war, law enforcement agencies have warned of a spike in anti-Semitic and Islamophobic crimes in the U.S.
Police say a gunman who killed three faculty members at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, was an unemployed professor who stuffed his waistband with ammunition before beginning the attack. Authorities say 67-year-old Anthony Polito brought a list of targets, although those shot weren't on that list. Sheriff Kevin McMahill was with the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police. Polito was armed with a Taurus 9mm handgun. He had brought 11 magazines to the scene with him. Nine loaded magazines were found on his person after the shooting. Polito died in a shootout with police Wednesday minutes after opening fire inside a building housing a business school. A fourth victim, a visiting professor, is hospitalized with life-threatening injuries. The White House says it is troubled by the Senate's failure to move forward on a supplemental budget request. White House National Security Council spokesman John Kirby says time is running out to provide more aid to Ukraine in its fight against Russia. We've got a, a few more weeks here, and then... We're out of Schlitz when it comes to helping Ukraine with this kind of security assistance that we've been able to provide. Um, and that's just, that, that should be unacceptable to everybody. Admiral Kirby says the emergency request, which also includes funding for Israel and U.S. border security, is being held up by a small number of Republicans demanding what President Biden describes as extreme border policies. Global News 24 hours a day and whenever you want it with Bloomberg News Now. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg Gaming. And, uh, Mike, we can get much more Bloomberg News right on your dashboard. The new Bloomberg Business app features Apple CarPlay, Android Auto. Get all the offerings that we have on Bloomberg right in your car. Download the Bloomberg Business app from the Apple App Store or Google Play. It's presented by our sponsor, Interactive Brokers. Time now for the Bloomberg Sports Update, brought to you by Tri-State Audi. Good morning, John Stashauer. Good morning, Nathan. When golfers began to leave the PGA Tour for the new Live Tour, John Rahm was outspoken against the idea. He said he doesn't play golf for the money, but for the love of the game. Rahm just joined the Live Tour for a deal that'll get him north of $300 million. He's ranked third in the world, the reigning Masters champ. Upset of the AFC, Patriots with just their third win of the season, first in six weeks. They built up a 21-3 lead midway through the second quarter. Went on to win in Pittsburgh, 21-18. Bailey Zappi threw three touchdown passes. It'll be the Pacers and Lakers tomorrow night in Las Vegas. Championship game of the NBA's inaugural in-season tournament. Indiana beat Milwaukee and the Lakers blew out New Orleans. Islanders a 7-3 home win over Columbus. Devils won 2-1 at Seattle. Aaron Judge was on ABC, asked his reaction to the acquisition of his new teammate, Juan Soto. I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited. You know, it's uh, he's a generational talent. You know, we gave up quite a few, you know, special pitchers uh, in the package, but I think everybody, everybody in Pinstripes is looking forward to having Juan Soto, Grissom, you know, Verdugo, all those guys, you know, in Pinstripes. So it's going to be a a fun year. GM Brian Cashman said the Yankees are in it to win it. He says having Soto on the team this season could help their chances of signing him to a long-term deal. He's due to be a free agent. Cashman on Monday will be in California to meet with Japanese free agent pitcher Yashinobu Yamamoto, and the Mets also want to sign him. The Orioles have been owned by the Angelos family since 1993. A Bloomberg reported they could be for sale and in talks with billionaire and Baltimore native David Rubenstein. John Stashelli, Bloomberg Sports. Success is more than the final destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's discipline. It's teamwork. And it's the drive and passion inside of us that comes before all recognition. 
It's what Stiefel's been doing for over 130 years. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel's become one of the fastest-growing wealth management and investment banking firms in the country. Our financial advisors go beyond traditional wealth management to provide clients with direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises and a leading middle market investment bank because success is the drive it takes to keep climbing, the passion to keep investing, the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Start your journey at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common... It's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. From coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on Sirius XM, the Bloomberg Business App, and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. What comes the day after Israel's war with Hamas? The Palestinian Authority says it is working with the U.S. on a plan to run the Gaza Strip after the fighting ends. One of its top leaders argues Israel's aim to fully defeat the Palestinian militant group Hamas is unrealistic. Palestinian Prime Minister Mohammed Shtayeb says his preferred outcome would be for Hamas to become a junior partner under the Palestine Liberation Organization, helping to build a new independent state that includes the West Bank, Gaza and East Jerusalem. Mohammed Shtaya spoke with Bloomberg's Ethan Bronner from his office in the West Bank. Gaza is an integral part of the state of right, Palestine. Right. And the Palestinian territory includes Gaza, West Bank, and Jerusalem. So when mm-hmm. we talk about two states, the geography of the two states right. is Gaza, Jerusalem, and the West Bank. So this integral part of the Palestinian territory should always be there. And but is there a fear of going in after this uh operation by Israel, that you're sort of following in on their tanks? No, we, Is that we, a concern? We said that we are not going to go there on an Israeli military But tank. what does it mean? It means that for us, there has to be an arrangement. Our people are there, and we need to put together a structure, mm-hmm. and we need to put together a mechanism. This is something that we are working on with okay. the international community in order for us to make it possible. There, were huge, there will be huge needs Enormous. in terms of relief, reconstruction, to remedy the wounds. And, uh, and re- you ready to take that on? Not by ourselves. I mean, obviously, we need international assistance. But this this. is your plan. Your plan is that the PA would, when this thing ends, be the kind of vehicle for rebuilding Gaza? By all means. Look, when when, uh, Israel incursed into Gaza in 2014, Mm -hmm. who did all the reconstruction? Mm -hmm. We. Mm -hmm. And we we were still reconstructing Gaza. Most of the... uh, uh, 
most of aspects of infrastructure has been actually built by the Palestinian Authority. And even before the war, I should tell you that there were there under implementation a total value of $800 million of infrastructure projects that is and that has been under implementation by us. Yes. Roads, hospitals, water networks, electricity, desalination plants, and so on. So we, as I told you, we never abandoned Gaza. We never left Gaza. So now, any day after, it should also include a package of assistance with the full engagement of the international community because ourselves, we cannot do it. The relationship between the PA and Hamas is very complicated. It's been, there was after all a civil war, as you said, in 2007. But the Israelis say they want to eradicate Hamas. Is that a, a, a goal that is achievable? Can you do it? First of all, you know, we tried four times or more to come to an agreement with Hamas. But and it didn't work. And uh, correct. And uh, we signed four agreements. Unfortunately, none of them was ever implemented. By them. By them. And uh, recently, we have had a dialogue in Egypt and Al Alamein, and uh, we agreed on certain issues. We did uh, disagree on a number of issues, and we did form a committee to keep them engaged. Mm -hmm. That was the idea. But unfortunately, all these sort of things has happened, and then now things are going in a totally different direction. Now, for Israel to say that they are going to eradicate or eliminate uh, Hamas, I don't think that's a possible goal to achieve, simply because Hamas is not in Gaza only. Hamas is in Lebanon, Hamas in leadership, everybody knows, in, in Qatar, and uh, they are here in the West Bank, and, and so on and so forth. So what is needed, really, is a situation in which <clears throat> that Palestinian unity should be allowed to function on very clear a bonds and agenda. We did put together certain bonds for Hamas to accept. They never accepted, right. including recognition of international legitimacy, United Nations resolutions, BLO commitments, and so on and so forth. We even invited Hamas to become part of the Palestinian yeah. Palestine Liberation Organ. They never wanted to. Mm -hmm. Hamas wanted to take things their own way, mm -hmm. either their way or the highway. And mm -hmm. it seems that we are on the highway. Mm -hmm. So that is where the situation is. Now, as I said, whether Israel will be uh, able to, uh, to uh, achieve what they are claiming to do, I doubt that. But on the other hand, and I, in no way to say that you are in favor of what's happening, the, the suppression of Hamas ultimately needs to happen in some way. If they're not going to come into the PLO, if they're not going to um, um, forswear their armed struggle and join in some international legitimacy, what needs to happen with Hamas? What, what can you see happening? Well, I think Hamas before October 7 is one thing and Hamas after it's is another It's a very thing. good point. And so? And therefore, I think if they are ready to come to ground to an agreement and really accept the political platform of the PLO, accept the tools of struggle, because this is an important point of, sure. of difference between us and them. And then there will be a room for talk. Otherwise, uh, it's just simply things will continue to be the same. And even Palestinians should not be divided. We have been divided. Unfortunately, Hamas uh, took uh, over Gaza by force in 2007. And this should not have lasted for 17 years. 
And that was the Prime Minister of the Palestinian Authority, Mohammed Shtaya, speaking with Bloomberg's Israel Bureau Chief, Ethan Bronner, from his offices in the West Bank. And Ethan is here with us now from Tel Aviv. Much of that conversation, much of what we heard there from the Palestinian Prime Minister, Ethan, sounds so aspirational at this point in the war. What's it going to take to get those aspirations to become reality the day after? Well, hello, Nathan. I would say that it's going to take something superhuman. Um, There is uh, an incredible amount of uh, bad things ahead. First, it's hard to imagine. I mean, uh, there are several points here. One is that uh, many people argue that when there is a massive catastrophe, it can become an opportunity, uh, that terrible wars do lead to opportunities of rebuilding. And that is essentially what Prime Minister Steyer was trying to say. He's also repeating the Palestinian Authority and the Palestine Liberation Organization's main contentions uh, of recent years about what needs to happen and why it hasn't happened. Uh, And one can understand that. Uh, I think the problem is that the Israelis are in complete disagreement, or uh, at at least this Israeli government under Prime Minister Netanyahu considers Steyer and uh, President Mahmoud Abbas to be uh, unreliable partners. They do not want to see, uh, they do not imagine that Hamas could be reformed and come in. They want it destroyed. Uh, And also the idea that uh, Hamas after October 7th and after this war will be more moderate and more reformed, you know, in some ways is counterintuitive. In some ways, what happened on October 7th has been a revival uh, for those who in the Palestinian community who believe in armed struggle and who believe in confronting Israel militarily. So, uh, you know, it's a lot of... uh, pie in the sky for a lot of people, but so is the Israeli perspective, which is that we're going to destroy Hamas and start over with a technocratic leadership that's going to remind us of the UAE. So we have uh, two very um, contradictory sets of goals and plans, and the U.S. kind of lending a little bit of support to each side, uh, and uh, we'll see where this goes. Yeah, it points to the idea of mediation when you have this kind of massive gap and this idea that uh, the Palestinian prime minister um, said to you in this interview that the U.S. is working with them on trying to bridge this divide. How invested do you see the U.S. right now and uh, the Qataris even with uh, some of the hostage negotiations that have happened in recent weeks? What is the role of mediation uh, with this kind of massive gap between the Palestinians and the Israelis? Well, let's leave the hostage negotiation and the Qataris on one side, because that's an immediate need with people whose lives are at stake at this moment. And that's been going on quite intensely. We can talk about it if you like later. In terms of a mediation for the day after the war and what's going to be the future of uh, some kind of state of Palestine and and what's going to happen in the Holy Land. I mean, there's been mediation from day one uh, and it has um, not especially succeeded. You know, I think it's true that right this moment, the Palestinian Authority and the Israeli government are not in a position to sit down across the table and talk to one another. They have nothing but to contempt for one another. Uh, And so some outside help is needed. Now, I think the question is, you know, how much investment is an American government interested in putting in? It's not an easy task. Uh, It's not the only thing President Biden has on his agenda in not just internet, not just internationally, but domestically. He's got an election coming up in a year. So 
It's a little hard to imagine. What, what the United States has done is put together uh, half a dozen people between state and SC and White House who are talking to uh, the Palestinian Authority and the Israelis about this stuff. It's kind of an attempt to lay out a plan so that the day after doesn't come and we got nothing to talk about, we haven't planned anything. But it's a little bit of, a, of, a, of an act of academic theoretical work because we don't know when this war will end or how it will end or what Gaza will look like. The prime minister also talked about Hamas's presence outside Gaza and the West Bank, Lebanon and elsewhere. Is that a hint that this war could expand beyond Gaza? So I don't think that was his aim, but you're right that it could. I mean, we have Hezbollah uh, um, bearing down from the north uh, and from Lebanon on Israel. And there's always that enormous concern. The reason that the United States has sent two uh, battleship carriers, aircraft carriers to the Mediterranean to send a message to Hezbollah. Um, but I think also the, the point he was trying to make is that, you know, even if you kill everybody who works for Hamas in Gaza, you still have leaders in Qatar and in Beirut. So, um, you know, and that it's some, from within the fabric of Palestinian society, so that this is an unrealistic goal, he says. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Today, your morning brief on the stories making news from Wall Street to Washington and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed by 6 a.m. Eastern each morning on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning starting at 5 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Amy Morris. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak. Hi, I'm Ron Krzyzewski, Chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial advisors, let's face it, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing, entrepreneurial, advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. There's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at CarterEconomicForum.com.